0: Jen Charlton Show on 930 WFMD and WFMD.com. Telling it like
1: it is with your host, Jen Charlton.
0: Good morning and welcome. It's so great to have you here with us today. I, as you know, saw Sound of Freedom. And you also know that we were early on, before a lot of mainstream media was covering it, we covered human trafficking here. And I had somebody from the U.S. Marshals Service, Dr. Michael Bork, who came on and he talked about the work that the U.S. Marshals Service was doing to recover children and women, primarily, who are in this human trafficking industry, not by choice, but because somebody else is making money off of them and what's happened as of late is this has come to the fore and a lot of mainstream media is now starting to take notice of an issue that's been going on for decades centuries but really here in US much longer than the last couple of years that it's been covered there are a few heroes in the work who have done tremendous work and i want to give a shout out to the Human Relations Commission, because that's where I first learned, got educated in a presentation they did about human trafficking across the state of Maryland. And one of those heroes also is Hartley House. And I've had the pleasure of working with them and trying really to promote the good work that they do And I think it's important for people to understand that there are organizations out there who are fighting human trafficking by helping the victims. Inga is one of those people who has been a hero on the front lines of human trafficking. And I'm so thrilled to have her back. So in a few minutes, I'll bring her back on. But I think it's important also to understand that human trafficking can be sex trade and the numbers are staggering what people make on forcing people in slave labor to deliver sex on demand. Often drugged, often, you know, they get into a spiral of helplessness, really. But there's also labor, human trafficking, which we hear less of. But right now, because of the movie, Sound of Freedom, and you know, we're more aware of it. But what's stunning to me is that there is media out there that's trying to disavow that human trafficking is really a thing. Like it's really not that big a deal. That's disgusting. It's irresponsible and it's outrageous. And for the victims, it's a betrayal. So we have it in our duty as fellow human beings to help the people who are suffering. And in this instance, these are often young children, and there's an international network of human trafficking. And the Eastern Bloc is particularly bad about grabbing women, or in Latin countries, grabbing children and putting them into this system. So we have an obligation to push back against the ignorance and the I'll call it nastiness of the mainstream media that's trying to disavow this because they are hurting people and it's it's beyond irresponsible when you knowingly do that and I refuse to participate and we are conservative talk radio here and we are not going to participate in the mainstream media covering up of something that is so outrageous and people are depending on us trying to find them and to help them. When we come back, I'll have with me Inga James, the CEO of Hartley House in Frederick, Maryland, and she'll share some updates on that situation and talk about the organization and some of the programs that they're doing and perhaps some of the work that's happening that she's aware of in the state and around the country. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. It's great to have you here, and... I have with me today Inga James, who is the CEO of Hartley House, and I've had the pleasure of interviewing and working with Inga over the years on very important matters that are dear to my heart. One of those is working and supporting the efforts to help uh, vulnerable women and children. and. The Hartley House is a domestic violence shelter, and and it's really a network of services, and uh, Inga has been there for nine years. I can't believe it. I remember when she started, and has been leading the efforts and, and that organization beautifully. So, good morning, and welcome back. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. And so, gosh, it's been a couple of years. I don't think I've had you on since before COVID. Um, tell me a little bit about what's changed or what... Give us some updates on the uh, work of Hartley House, particularly in the area of domestic violence, and then specifically, we'll delve
1: into human trafficking. Great. Well, in the last couple years, um, we were able to get some local and state funding to create satellite offices around Frederick County. So we now have a uh, uh, an office in Emmitsburg, and we'll soon have, for next school year, have an office at the Mount. We also have an office at the vet- New Veterans Service Center, um, at an elementary school, um and at Lucas Village, one of the public public housing complexes. Um, and that's allowed us to be where the people are, to provide services for them, primarily case management services, um, so they don't have to come to us. It shouldn't. It shouldn't have to be that they come to us. So those satellite offices are doing very, very well, as you might imagine. And so we're really excited about that. The other, th- one of the other things that we're starting to be able to find some additional money for is our prevention program, which is critical. Um, no matter whether you're talking about domestic violence, sexual assault, human trafficking. Um, prevention efforts can go a long way to reducing the incidents and so are you working
0: with the perpetrators or are you working with the victims
1: we're working actually with systems so we're working with the school system we're do we are working on a project to start some school-based prevention so we will actually work with faculty and staff to identify red flags to help them understand what might be happening and um as well as uh, doing classes for the for the students about cyber safety, about what is human trafficking and and how do how do people get access to kids? Um, and well, what about the process of grooming? Oh, absolutely. Now, you have to be really careful when you're talking about educating kids because you don't want to overwhelm, them, so um, it's very important um, that we you be very youth centered and use the same language they do, um, and so we we um, are working really well with the school to get that off the ground. Um, our human trafficking program, we right now have funding to work with children and youth age ages to tw- age to twenty four um, human trafficking victims, and. Um, we have so we are able to take um adults but are considered young adults um but most well, of well, and sometimes the people who are young adults they've been trafficked for a number of years. That's quite true. That's quite true. And so um, we have right now. I think uh, the last time I checked, forty-five on our caseload. Um, so those are children and youth and young adults who have been trafficked or at high risk of trafficking, uh, and our um, our program right now focuses on sex trafficking. But there is a very high relationship between sex and labor trafficking. So the assumption should be if somebody is being labor trafficked, they've also been or are being sex trafficked. Um, And that's how we treat them. So we get them right into services. Um,
0: What kind kind of services?
1: Right now, what we've got going is we do case management. So we work with... um, the children and their families to take care of their of their needs so their housing their shelter their i'm sorry their food their clothing to take care of their needs to make sure the kids are in counseling if they need that um, our legal department can help them with with legal services if um if something like that uh is necessary like in custody we do a lot of child abuse custody cases um and we also have a clinician, a, a licensed counselor who specializes in human trafficking so they can get counseling through her. So those are what we offer.
0: So we talk about trauma, post-traumatic stress syndrome and trauma-informed care. Talk a little bit about how you, that works in your in your organization. Well,
1: Trauma is anything, um, either an event, a series of events, or maybe just a state of being that in some way is threatening to the, the body. Um, and it can be physical, psychological, uh, it can be medical, it can be spiritual. Um, and so that trauma then changes our brain structure and it changes the way in which we think and we view the world um, and it can create what's called trauma responses and it does change individuals behavior if they're traumatized during childhood Um, and so what we what we work with is trauma victims where they are everybody reacts differently to trauma so every reaction is right, um, and we provide them with services that they need, like counseling or hotline service or legal services, and um, and we try to provide those in a trauma-informed way, which is um, a certain set of principles, such as providing safety to the victim, being transparent with the victim, giving the victim voice and empowerment. Those kinds of principles that we we use as our value system. And what we've can, what we've found is using these principles to work with a traumatized individual or somebody in trauma recovery will help deescalate the situation. It will help the person be able to actually think rationally about their situation and move them through the trauma instead of being perched on top of it like they are sometimes. Or what we would say, take control of it rather than be at the effect of it. Exactly. Exactly. Very good. Yeah.
0: Okay. So you said 45 people in, specifically in that aspect of the program. How many people, because of your expansion, are you now able to serve in all your various programs?
1: We serve, first of all, our, our numbers went up from 2019 to 2020 to 65% because of COVID. 65%. We don't have our 2023 numbers in yet because our fiscal year just just ended. So we'll be looking at what fiscal year 23 brought us and see if it's any different from 22. Okay, so let's unpack that. So 65% increase.
0: What percentage of that was human trafficking versus the other? Are you seeing more increase in DV? Or are you seeing more increase in the human trafficking?
1: I think... Probably a more of an increase in DV, DV, but that's just because we serve more human traffic. I mean, it was only five months ago our human trafficking caseload was 65. So it it obviously it goes up and down. Um, but we have the um, really important thing to remember is no matter what the case was, whether it was domestic violence, sexual assault, human trafficking, the violence. Um, was so much worse during COVID, worse than anything we've ever seen. The 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 um, severity of the injuries and the number of broken bones and the, just just really horrific. Um, and human trafficking cases are very complex anyway. They have a lot of needs because control has been taken away from them for so many years that they don't have really any skills to be able to operate in the world. So um, so it's our responsibility to figure out how to get them those skills. Um, we have unaccompanied youth that have been sex trafficked that we have to find housing for. Um... Now, the majority of our cases come from the U.S. Or, and mostly Maryland, actually, um, because the, the, the greatest number of human trafficking cases tend to come from runaways in our country. So kids that are on the street that are very, very vulnerable. Um, and the second most pro- prolific way our human trafficking method is from families and families trafficking their children. Um, and, and as horrific as that sounds, it's absolutely the way it is. Um, so there's a lot of healing that needs to happen. Um,
0: so how do you reconcile that with what we're seeing at the border, where cartel are literally using women and children to get into U.S. like human shields? And, you know, you've seen the... Garments on the trees and the bracelets that they wear and so forth. They apparently brand them for their different organizations, like cattle and and ownership. Mm -hmm. So how do you reconcile that? Because you say it's all, and and I'm sure there are families that are doing that. And as times get more difficult, we've got an economy that's in the toilet. So... You know, people will move to drastic measures, and they don't care about the children, clearly, so all they care about is survival, and they'll do whatever they feel they have to, and using children to survive is one of the methods, I guess, but it's also used to thrive because there are there's such big money mm-hmm. in trafficking one human being mm-hmm. and in the film they he says, Caviezel who plays Tim Ballard he says, you can sell cocaine or you know, meth or whatever the drug is of choice once but you can sell
1: children five to ten times a day mm, that's for sure yeah Um, and, and as far as reconciling it, um, I'm sure, I'm sure everything you're saying is true and it, and it's just, it's, it's the wild west down there as far as I can tell. Um, but we don't see much of that up here. Um, I'm not, and you know, I'm sure we will. I'm sure it's coming.
0: yeah, um, it has it migrates through the country like a wave now, or or <laughs> by airplane, depending on who's taking what they feel are necessary actions. I mean, if I lived in Texas and i and I have I know people who live in Texas, and I know what the cattle ranchers are going through. And we've had Mike on talking about the murder and mayhem that they're dealing with. So, there's a lot of, of chaos, and the children are caught in the crosshairs. Mm-hmm. They really are. And I say that, but also young women. But that being said, going back to here in Maryland, and, and really in the region, you don't just serve people here in Maryland, right? You could bring somebody in who's trying to seek shelter from Pennsylvania, could you not? Sure, Yeah, absolutely. And you've done that, right? Absolutely, Yeah, absolutely. So trying to keep people safe is a network what other organizations are like Hartley House that you work with to collaborate and keep people
1: safe? Um, there is an organization in Baltimore called Turnaround, and they have a, um, a very wonderful human trafficking program. So we and they have shelter that's just for human trafficking survivors. So they um, we work very closely with them. They're kind of seen as the experts in the state, and we sometimes. Oftentimes, have to work with um, the homeless shelters in town because we work with somebody who then, even after we've worked with them, has, have no place to go, still trying to, you know, and maybe they still have the challenges of perhaps substance use and some of the other things that kept them from prospering before. Um, so sometimes, a lot of times, we have to work with the homeless shelters to get people um, home housing.
0: I so appreciate and admire you and your leadership. You've been phenomenal for the organization and for the community. What ways can people support your work? How can people help the Hartley House?
1: Um, there's some really—I mean, we always love money, but um, there—but but there are some really, I think, kind of personal ways that people can support us. And one of the way, one of the things that is so cr- incredibly important for prevention work is to get the word out. And so, people that are listening to this, you know, talk about it, talk about it, get people's perspectives, just spread the word that this is happening. I'll tell you one other thing: some of our human trafficking victims end up at the hospital because. They need a forensic exam, uh, uh, an evidence collection exam. And so we, we worked with a woman who had shown up, a y- very young woman, and she had escaped from a house here in Frederick, ran to, to, to where somebody could give her a ride to the hospital. She had no idea where she was. She had no idea the straight, street address. She just ran. And so it's happening in our neighborhoods. I just want people to know it's happening at home and traffickers will rent houses and apartments and that's where, where they'll do their business. So it could be happening next door to you. Just I just hope people can spread that word.
0: So as landlords, because we're a landlord, how would we know? What would be indicators
1: that that may be going on
0: in our property?
1: Well, if if you're able to visit the property, and you do, and you have a relationship with the tenant, then there are all kinds of red flags with the way that that, that the children are dressed. You mentioned it earlier that some uh, survivors get branded. Tattooing a young child is very common to show ownership. One of our uh, motels... Reported to the police what she thought was a trafficking survivor because it was a girl of about age twelve or thirteen who was dressed to the nines, and just looked like she should have been twenty one, and um, and the police came in and, and true enough it was a trafficker and and this was a young child he was trafficking, um, and so so what happened to that individual? He was prosecuted. He was prosecuted. And he, what what what
0: did he get for doing this to a child?
1: I would have to look that up, Jen. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Um, They're taking it pretty seriously, though. The FBI, very serious. State police, very serious. Um, My opinion, they ought to be locked
0: up for life. Yeah. It's a life sentence. You do that to a child and you screw up their life, you don't deserve one.
1: Yeah. That's how
0: I feel. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to The Jen Charlton Show. I have with me today Inga James, the CEO of Hartley House. And we are talking about a really tough subject, human trafficking. But it's so important. As Inga said, it's around you. You just have to kind of notice it and pay attention. If something seems off, it probably is. Trust your gut. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Jen Charlton Show. I have with me this morning Inga James, who is the CEO of Hartley House here in the Frederick County area and really has been a a leader in this work across the region and perhaps even in the country in helping survivors of domestic violence, which we often refer to as DV, and human trafficking, which has picked up lingo of HT. Yours has been a lot of controversy around grooming. Grooming is the cultivation of somebody over time, and I'll let you kind of embellish, but where they may not realize they're being groomed and before they know it, they end up in a situation and before they know it, they're caught up in something called human trafficking. So grooming, grooming has also been controversial in the school system, in this collapsing of ideas, methodologies, and opinions about what is the appropriate way to educate our children, and where does the educational system really go out of their lane around dealing with math, science, technology, music, arts, physical ed and get into things like sexual orientation. It's just so out of their lane. And uh, it causes confusion in children, which is what grooming does. And grooming is one of those things where it could really cause people to say, "Well, maybe I am. I don't know. What am I? Maybe I am that. And so you start to kind of trust somebody. And before you know it, you're in this situation. And if you're dealing with a child who's very malleable, who's very vulnerable, they're in their formative years for a reason. You don't start confusing them with gender ideology. And I wonder how much the... You've seen an escalation in human trafficking, Inga. I wonder how much of that is a result of this nonsense going on in the schools where these children are really becoming props and pawns to some greater scheme that, you know, leaves them as the victim.
1: Yeah, I I don't really know how to address that question because um, I don't I don't get that. I just don't. Look at it. How, how do I want to say this? I don't. Um, I don't know the research. I guess is what I should say on that.
0: Well, and I would say there are teachers out there who are incredibly uncomfortable with some of the work that they're being asked to do. Mm-hmm. That's true. To these children, and if their job is to protect kids, and it used to be that you, and it should still be, you're a mandatory reporter. Mm-hmm. Is the term right? as a as a teacher if you understand that a child has been sexually abused physically abused has been human trafficked or is in the middle of domestic violence all of those things you are required to report to the authorities now how do you start to deal with that when the children are being perhaps manipulated which i think is really what it is It's just incredibly sad. I think that you're seeing an escalation in numbers and we're seeing this nonsense going on in the schools that is way outside of the purpose of education. And uh, perhaps that should be left to families and, and spiritual organizations and the authorities in the mental health arena to deal with these things rather than bringing it into the schools. I just think the notion of
1: grooming is incredibly complicated. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts about that? Oh, it definitely is. And uh, grooming preys on people's weaknesses, um, children's weaknesses, and every child is weak, right? Aren't, aren't we all weak as children? We have to be taken care of. It's kind of the beauty of a child.
0: They're vulnerable. They're sweet. They're, you know, they they don't have all the stuff
1: that we've acquired as adults. Right, but that leaves them open then, and um, and and a groomer will use that child will basically um, cozy up to that child, um, take them on trips, take them out to ball games, buy them things in a very subtle way. It's not it's not something to that build makes, trust to build trust and, and it,
0: relationship
1: exactly, and it's not something that the parents n- take note of. So, because it's very subtle and um and then the goal is to then exploit that child. So um, a groomer, uh, a trafficker will take as long as it takes to get that child under their wing. and then and then the um the damage really starts.
0: So years ago, the Human Relations Commission did, and I'm going to pull this data out of my memory. I did this presentation, and it was something like 1.2 million dollars annually for two people who are human trafficked. Really? That's interesting. That's, that's what I remember. Like 1.2, 1.5, it was a lot of money. yeah. for two people being human trafficked. Um, in, the, in the movie, I believe the data is a 150 billion dollar
1: industry internationally. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. And it's, and it's quite high even in the United, just the United States.
0: <clears throat> well, we, when you think about it, and this is something Dr. Bork said years ago. When you go to the Super Bowls, they're there. Mm-hmm. When you go to the big sports events, the big concerts, what, they move the people around. So, like you said, that woman ran down the street. She didn't even know where she was. Um, They move them up and down 81. Mm -hmm. They move them across 70. They move them up and down 95. They go to the truck stops. And I know that Sheriff Jenkins, when he was on with me, and we were talking about this a couple years ago, they were tracking this movement via these various highway systems through the Mm -hmm. trucking system. And I think there have been truckers who have come out against human mm-hmm. trafficking and exposed it. Do you have any knowledge
1: about that? Yeah, there's a group called Truckers Against Trafficking and basically um, what they do besides advocate is they go to truck stops or when they're at truck stops They'll talk to people. They'll hand out brochures They'll talk and they'll and they'll talk to the women and they'll talk to them about their safety and and they'll talk to the Truckers and the, the, you know and talk to them about what's actually happening. Are
0: they checking in to see if they find anybody who might be a victim there as well I mean when they're talking to these women are they kind of testing to see if they're maybe being trafficked I think so yeah they take it very seriously that's wonderful yeah and it's so sad that we're in this we're in this place where human life is so dispensable uh, disposable mm-hmm. that um, that this is going on it's it's really tragic Um, I'd like to talk now about domestic violence for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I just happen to know of a couple situations where, and I think they've increased it to a felony on strangulation. Can Mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about when somebody's in a domestic violence situation, it escalates, right? You Mm -hmm. start to see signs and then one thing happens and then it gets Mm -hmm. a little worse and then all of a sudden you're in a crisis. Can you talk about the rules now and what they're seeing in terms of the correlation between strangulation and that uh, approach on the neck to, you know, uh, this escalation in domestic violence?
1: Yeah, strangulation um, is actually one of the most dangerous Types of physical abuse because, in, um, in my mind, um, I say if he if he if he puts his arm his hands around your neck, he's already thought of it, because if he's going to pr- pr- apply pressure to your neck, he's already thought about killing you. And um, beca- and how many? What's the percentage? Because I think it's pretty high, of
0: those who are killed in a domestic violence situation, by strangulation. Is it a fairly common way that it's done? Um,
1: you may not it know is, the data, it is, but yeah. is it high? It, it's pretty high. It's not over 50%, but mm-hmm. it's high. Um, and it's now a felony, I believe, in yes. Maryland. And the reason it's a felony is because of the lifelong problems it can give you strangulation is not about cutting off the air. It's about cutting off the blood supply to the brain. And when you don't have the blood to the brain, the cells start to die. And so so even a short period of time, even if a person does not pass out or become unconscious, that blood loss can still create very big troubles in their brain, Um, and so they can carry it with them. There was a woman in a training that I was at. There was a woman in her 50s, and she started having seizures late in life, and, you know, she didn't understand. She went to the doctor, and this doctor must have been brilliant because he said, have you ever been strangled? And she said, well, when I was 19, my boyfriend, and he said, well it caused these seizures and I'm sorry to say from your MRI, it looks like any one of them could be your last one. And so she at the age of 50 ish was still, was obviously in grave danger because of this strangulation when she was in her teens. Um, wow, and that's what—that's one of the reasons it's now a felony—is because of the damage it can do, and because it's only—it's only a couple seconds away from killing somebody when you put your hands on them.
0: Well, that's I think stunning information in and of itself because we don't—I don't think we realize that was really interesting. Let me take a quick break. We'll be right back. I have with me in studio Inga James, and we are talking about the important issues around domestic violence, around human trafficking. And I want to say, if you are a victim or you know of somebody who is a victim, please reach out for help. Where should they call?
1: Should call our 24-hour hotline at 301 6628800 confidential you don't have to give your name ask questions break down whatever you want to do we're there for you we're there for you 24/7 that's beautiful
0: You're listening to The Jen Charlton Show. I'd like to thank our sponsors, U.S. Flag Service. Great flags made in the USA, a better quality. They'll last much longer than the others that are made offshore, and they just don't have the quality of stitching and so forth. So uh, thanks to U.S. Flag Service for being a sponsor. Also, Sweeties on the Creek, we're scooping now, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Jen, and I have with me today Inga James, the CEO of Hartley House. Inga, we were talking about domestic violence, and I I wonder, you know, for anybody who's listening who may know of somebody who's in a bad situation, how can they be assured that your system would keep them safe? Because somebody who's being harmed or trafficked, they're
1: afraid these folks are going to find them. So how do you keep them safe? That's a really good question because no matter what anybody does, um, if somebody wants to hurt another person, they're going to do it. They're going to figure out a way to do it. So we what we do our best. um our um, we have a shelter that is um, an emergency shelter for anybody leaving um, a dangerous situation that could include human trafficking survivors, domestic violence survivors, so, um, so that's a great way. We also have a legal team, and there can be a lot of resources and, and um, safety nets using the legal system. Protective orders. Now, protective order doesn't protect infinitely um, it, it protects as, as long as the perpetrator decides to follow it but it is a legal method and it does help a lot um, we
0: somebody what's the penalty for somebody violating a, a uh, protective order what we call a restraining order?
1: Yeah, it, it would be if they're just violating, like they're just coming onto somebody's property or something like that. It could, it could be, um, you know, an 18-month sentence, something like that. But when they violate and also commit new crimes, then they're going to get their butts thrown away. Um, for example, they take a gun and step onto the property, something like that. Um, Which
0: could indicate an intention to harm. Exactly. Got that. Okay, yeah. so... So it's important for us to remember that um, the the authorities are here to help. Talk about the police. Now, I, I've had Lindsay Pippi on before who works uh, in that mm-hmm. area in, mm-hmm. in the state's attorney's office. Um, but can you share a little bit about your relationship with the authorities and how you
1: guys Uh, work together? Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you an example. It was a few years ago. It was before COVID. But we had a we got a call from the state's attorney office. um, And this was a human trafficking survivor. But she was only an 18 year old girl. She had gone. She was trafficked here in Frederick, but was from Texas and had been taken from her home in Texas. And so she wanted to go home. So she went back home. But when it came time for her to come back up to testify, obviously it would have been her first time seeing her trafficker since she left. Um, And she was very nervous. So state's attorney was going to pay for her ticket to come up. She said, Can somebody pay for my boyfriend to come up? Well, Hartley House put something out on Facebook needing $900 for this reason. And within three hours, we had the money. So that's how we work hand in hand to bring these people, make these people whole as much as we can.
0: That's beautiful. That's really moving.
1: How do people donate to you? We... The website's the easiest, HartleyHouse.org. Um, we have don- it H-E-R-T-L-Y, correct? That's right, like the heart in your chest, L-Y. Um, and um, I mean that's the easiest. Though we have a donation page, and you can just go on there. You can make a recurring gift if you want, um, or you can just make a one-time. Anything helps. Anything helps. We get so many amazing small donations. It's just like political campaigns talk about. It's at grassroots, right? And um, and so we get a lot of small donations that really keep us going. So any advice, you know, as we part
0: here, you know, what would you say to somebody who um, may have faced these things in the past or has it maybe, God forbid, they're in that situation now? What What is the healing process? I mean, how do we restore one? You said restore them to whole. I mean, that's a lifetime, lifelong mm-hmm. endeavor, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is, and 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 nobody can do it for another person, um, and and a social support system is incredibly important for trauma victims um, to have the people that they can fall back on when they're not feeling their strongest, um, and and so I think supporting a person, just letting you don't have to know what the trauma is about, you don't have to know wh- how the person's feeling right now, just be there, listen, support let me know what i can do. i'm here to help you. drop off a casserole when they're having a crisis. you know that it's really just how to be a good friend. really. um and don't ask the questions. don't ask, well what happened to you? or you know it's just, very hard to talk about. it really is. and um, and, and, can, and, and it can be a trigger. It, and it can be re-traumatizing. yes. yeah. so so it's just being very gentle and letting the person take the lead. I think that's the best thing you can do. And, of course, always keep Hartley House in mind. And you, and as a friend or a family member, you can call as well and get some tips. And I also want people to remember, and maybe we forget sometimes, that,
0: or you may not even be aware... 211 is an important resource mm-hmm. to reach out if you have experienced trauma and you're looking for support. The Mental Health Association does a fabulous job. But 211, regardless of where you are and you're listening, you could be across the country listening to this podcast. Anywhere in the country, you can pick up the phone and dial 211 and have access to local resources in a network. Some more than others, but the point is, if you're in Berkeley Springs and you pick up two one one, you will go to the tower that serves that region and that that scope. So use the resources that are available. I actually had um, somebody I knew whose daughter was cutting. sixteen, not doing well. And I told her, I said, Pick up the phone. And I literally dialed two one one and handed her the phone. The mom. Mm. I said, "You got to talk to them, and they will give you what you need." So sometimes, you know, intervention is is like you say a gentle helping hand, but it might also be a a, a pretty good nudge mm-hmm. because we're afraid to confront stuff that's traumatic. Yeah. And um, knowing that somebody is there to help us through that process can make all the difference for someone to take that first
1: step. Right. Any thoughts? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, and, and it can be just one person in the person's life. But just as long as there's somebody to say, it's not your fault. I'm here for you. You know, um, I think that, that those can be incredibly strong words.
0: So, we're at the top of the hour, and it's so great to have you back on, and thank you again for all the important work that you're doing. Everybody, please support Hartley House. You also take donations, correct? Like... Uh, toothpaste and different things for people if they have if they have to because oftentimes somebody leaving a domestic violence situation or human trafficking they're literally leaving with the shirt on their back so you provide all the basic
1: essentials correct we can do that absolutely yeah we what we don't um can't do is to um take clothing donations we just don't have the space anymore well
0: and there's other organizations (laughs) out there so you can take it to the hospital or goodwill um So thank you for, again, this important work. And I really want to encourage everybody listening. If you have not seen Sound of Freedom, it's a must-see. That film may be the most important film ever made because it awakens people to something that's going on that most human beings cannot process, cannot be with, cannot imagine what somebody could do to a little child or another human being or frankly a young adult the human trafficking issue is so important go see this movie it will change your life it will awaken you to something that you cannot possibly fathom is somebody else's reality so God bless you. Thank you, Inga, so much for all you do. Thank really, you so much for having me. Yeah, it's wonderful. We'll do this again periodically. Unfortunately, your work continues. Yes. And we need to keep the the word out there to support your amazing work. Everybody, have a fabulous week. You've been listening to The Jen Charlton Show. Be sure to support Sweeties on the Creek and U.S. Flag Service. U.S. Flag Service. You can find that information on our podcasting page. Share the this podcast with others you know because they may need this information or know somebody who does. Have a great week.